Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live.
Amen, amen. God bless you, children of God. We greet you all once again in the mighty, glorious name of Jesus Christ, our soon-coming King, our strength, our Redeemer, our very present help in times of trouble. He is quite simply our everything, and we thank him today for who he is and the many great things that he has done to us, through us, and for us. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled, How You Treat the Kingdom is eventually how the train is eventually how you will be treated, is eventually how you will be treated. We looked at capital A yesterday, how that we are to seek the kingdom first, Matthew 6 and 33, Galatians chapter 1 and 3. And we want to keep something in mind. The Lord just kind of dropped this in my spirit today to share with you all. Capital B in our outline, remember the kingdom can be taken. Remember the kingdom can be taken. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 21, verse 43 from the New International Version. Matthew chapter 21, verse 43. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Once again, Matthew chapter 21, verse 43, from the New International Version, the scripture reads, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you, and a people who will produce its fruit. Capital B, remember, it can be taken. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, again, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify and adore you. Another beautiful day that you have made. Thank you, Father, for allowing us the privilege to be able to see it, to smell it, to experience it. Father, you have been good to us one more time. You've given us the activity of our limbs, the ability to walk, to talk, to see, to smell, to taste, to touch, to hear. You've given us a communion in our spirits, Father, that we may connect with you, that we may hear from you. Your spirit has quickened our human spirits, has brought them alive again. We thank you, Father. Again, Father, we ask forgiveness for our sins, and our iniquities, weaknesses, lust of the flesh, pride of life, lust of the eye, anything that we have said or done or thought that was not pleasing in your sight, Father, have mercy on us. We humbly ask your forgiveness again today as you are renewing your mercies this morning. We appreciate you so much, Father. We trust that as we study your word today, you're going to show us something, Father, that we haven't seen before. You're going to say something to us, Father, that we haven't heard before. Father, we pray that all that is done in our midst today, your name, which is above all other names, will gain glory, honor, and praise. This is our prayer. We ask these and all other blessings in Jesus' mighty and glorious name, we pray. Let God's people say, Amen. 
Praise God. Praise God. Capital B in our outline. Remember it or the kingdom can be taken. Praise God. As we look, children of God, at Matthew chapter 21, we see a number of things. And kicking off at verse 12, and I'm just going to kind of summarize these things as as the Lord will bring us to a crescendo. But you look at Matthew chapter 21, and I actually want to go back because uh, Matthew 21 is headed the triumphal entry. Jesus triumphantly entered Jerusalem. And a lot of so many things happened here. So so many things. There was a triumphal entry, great celebration. People were uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Son of David. Whole city was stirred up as Jesus was coming into. Jerusalem. People were shouting. People were running. People. I mean, it was great, great excitement. Jesus got into the temple. This was supposed to be the center of worship. This is supposed to be where people could hear from God, get closer to God, commune with God. Jesus got into the temple and found that men had turned this sacred place into something altogether different. You say, Apostle, why, why, why are you making mention of that? Because men have done the same thing today with church. Church is supposed to be a place where we can come and fellowship, where we can come and, and, and hear the word of God, where we can come and, and pray and, and receive a, a the, the will of God, and men have turned it into a whole other thing. Men have turned it into money-making scheme. Men have turned it into a hustle. Men have turned it into a fashion show. Men have turned it into a social club. Men have turned it. Men, men. And you say, Apostle, why? Well, the reason why this takes place, children of God, is because individuals, when they don't listen to the Spirit of God, in whatever it is, it doesn't matter whether it's marriage, it doesn't matter whether it's family, it doesn't matter whether it's finances, finances, it doesn't matter whether it's giving, it doesn't matter whether it's, it's a use of spiritual gifts. When men and women don't listen to God, things become twisted, things become perverted. The leaders, the religious leaders in Jesus' day, and many, many of them today, they were not listening to God. And so it stands to reason that their lives turned into something totally different. When people don't listen to God, marriage turns into something different. When people don't listen to God, the family unit turns into something different. That's one of the things going on here in, in the United States in this generation real, real big. Most times you turn on TV, you know, the, the adversary loves to flip things upside down. Man's supposed to be the head, turn on TV a whole lot of time. The woman is the one doing all the talking. Woman is the one in the head. Adversary loved that kind of stuff. He likes to try to flip-flop God's order. Man's supposed to be the head of the, of the woman, and the parents are supposed to be uh, over the children. You turn on your TV today, especially right here in America. See how things have flip-flopped. Woman, a lot of time, is running things. Husband is, a, is a, some kind of a buffoon. 
uh, our children are rebellious, don't want to listen to to what's being uh, what's being said. Children are rebelling against parents. Remember, the adversary loves to flip flop, tries to flip flop God's program. Whatever God has said, you need to understand the adversary is going to be saying something just different, just the opposite. And so you say, Apostle, what's the importance? The importance is this is why you better study your word. You better know what God has said or you're going to run right out there and get yourself tricked by the adversary. And that's good for you. Good for you. Because God has instructed us to study to show ourselves approved unto him. Workmen who need not to be ashamed, but who rightly divide the word of truth. So, so God has instructed. Now, if you want, to be, you want to be kept safe from the false prophets and the false teachers and the false Christ that the Bible clearly declares will deceive many in the last days, you better know what God has said. You better know. And God said, look, you got a Bible. I remember we, we had a, a sister that used to worship with us here years ago, and she had come out of traditional churches and was worshiping with us here. And she, she contacted me one day. She said, Pastor Brian, she said, look, she said, I, I've been in church all my life. She said, but some of the stuff that, that, that you were saying, I have I've never heard before. I said, well, we, we give God the glory. And she said, and the thing is, some, there were times I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to accept it. But she said, I can read. I was, and we would just laugh. She said, I'm looking right at it, right here in the Bible. She said, I can read. I can read. And, and we just kind of rejoiced in that revelation. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? Listen, child of God, you can read. You can read. I was contacted yesterday by a, a daughter in Nigeria, and she was asking about the ministry here at the Christian Center and different branches and, and affiliated ministries we have in different parts of the world. And she said, uh, she said, oh, that's, you know, she was like, that's, that's good. That's good, Apostle. That's good. She said, but let me ask you something. I said, go ahead, go ahead daughter. She said, uh, do you allow women to wear pants in your church? I said, uh, and then I, I asked her a question. I said, is it in the Bible that women cannot wear pants? She said, do you allow women to wear pants and, and to wear jewelry in your church? I said, is it in the Bible that women can't wear pants? And she went to Deuteronomy. I knew, she, I knew that's where she wanted to go because that's where a lot of pastors and, and different ones that are twisted up, they try to go to support you know, women not wearing pants in different places or women. And, and then she went to Jeremiah trying to, you know, uh, support not women not wearing jewelry. And I said, look, first of all, are we under the Mosaic law or are we not under grace? That's the first thing. Then I said, number two, I said, did did Moses say to the people in in Deuteronomy that a woman was not to wear pants or that a woman was not to wear men's clothing? Now, in the King James, it says a woman is not to wear anything that pertaineth to a man. A man's not to wear anything that pertaineth to a woman. In the New International, I love the translation better. It said a woman is not to wear man's clothing. Man is not to wear woman's clothing. All right? Now, she said, well, it's a sin. It's a sin. I said, well, then the question becomes, you say it's a sin for a woman to wear pants. Okay, is it a sin for a woman to wear a shirt? Because men wear shirts. Is it a sin for a woman to wear shoes? Because a woman wears shoes. And she got real, real quiet. I said, it's a sin for a woman. I said, you know, you need to understand. There are women's pants, just like there are men's pants. There are women's shirts, just like there are men's shirts. There are women's shoes. You know, I said, now, the Bible doesn't say pants. I said, you say pants. You and whoever been teaching you and whoever you've been, you say, the Bible doesn't say pants. And I cautioned her about 
are going beyond what is written, which the scripture instructs. Don't go beyond what is written now. God know the difference between God know the difference between pants and men's clothing. And he said exactly what he meant. A woman should not wear men's clothing. A man should not wear women's clothing. Didn't say pants. Didn't say shoes. Didn't say shirt. Didn't say a belt. Didn't say it. He said exactly what he meant. So you say, Apostle, what is it we want to understand? We want to make sure that we get a right division of the word of God. Bible talks about how that we are to study that scripture I was quoting to you earlier about how we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen and women who need not to be ashamed, but who rightly divide the word of truth. The reason why we got all these silly denominations in the church and all of these schisms and isms and can't get along is because individuals have not rightly divided the word of truth. And when individuals don't divide the word of truth, it causes a friction. It causes breaks. It causes splits in the body of Christ. That's why you had the Baptists had to split to the first Baptist, and they had to split to the second Baptist, and they had to split to the third Baptist. That's why the holiness had to split to the holiness Pentecostal, and the holiness Pentecostal. All of these splits, all of these denominations. I'd gone into the phone book right here in this little town that I live in and saw about 45 different denominations. 40 different denominations. What is all of this? Jesus is like, what is all of this? The man was asking me the other day. I was with one of my deacons at his storage unit, some of the brothers that came that worked at the place, and they were they were asking some questions. They found out that that we were ministers, and they were asking questions. They said, oh, "Well, well, you know, Pastor, uh, what denomination are you?" I said, "Yes, I said, my brother, I said, look, Jesus did not preach denominations, and neither do I. Say, Jesus didn't preach it. So you say, Apostle, what are you driving at? A lot of stuff." That means, just like in our select scriptures, Matthew chapter 21, we, uh, we're down to verses, verses 12. When Jesus went into the temple, Jesus saw a bunch of mess that men had put into the temple, that men had put into worship. And when Jesus went in, look at the Bible, uh, Matthew 21 and 12, Jesus entered the temple area and drove out. He drove out. All who were buying and selling there, he overturned tables of the money changes, benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it. You are making it. Talking about men, God said, look, not that I have made it into a den of thieves, not that I have made it into a den of robbers, not that I have made it into a fashion show, not that I have made it into a hustle, some of you pastors out there. God said, you have made it. Apostle, you're coming off a little strong this morning. Yeah, we got to come off strong because the Bible says that judgment, it's time for judgment to begin with the household of God or the household of faith. And if the righteous are scarcely saved, the righteous, that means those who are sincerely and diligently trying to do this thing like God. The Bible says the righteous are scarcely saved. What shall become of the ungodly and the unbeliever? What in the world do you think going to happen to ungodly and, and folks that don't want to believe? If the righteous are just barely, just scarcely, we, we're going to just make it in. Jesus said, you are making it. You, you, you are making it a dinner robber. You say, Apostle, what you're saying to me now? I'm a bishop. I've been listening to you for a long time. I try to listen to you secretly because I don't want everybody to know that, 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 that God is really blessing me through you. What are you saying to me? My brother out there under the sound of my voice, what I'm saying to you is don't try to make or don't make God's house into anything other than what God made it. 
don't don't try to add, don't try to add. Listen, and what God is flashing in my spirit right now, God said, Robert, I'm like a master chef. Master chef knows the ingredients, knows exactly how things need to be prepared, knows that, knows exactly how the, 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 to put things together for the dish to turn out perfectly. God said, look, I'm like a master chef. He don't need you over there trying to pour no salt in his uh in his dish. He don't need you over there trying to cut up no, no more onions and throw in the dish. God know exactly how the dish is to be prepared. In other words, God know exactly how the church is supposed to go. God knew exactly how the temple was supposed to be. And when Jesus went in and saw men adding some nonsense to it, Jesus went off on the deep end. You never see Jesus go off like this right here, quite like this right here, like he did when he went into Jerusalem and went in the temple and saw them in there buying and selling and sheep and cattle and stuff running off. You never see Jesus go off. Jesus went off on the deep end. Jesus went off to such a magnitude that the religious leaders of his time wanted to know what authority can you show us to prove what what miraculous sign can you show us to prove that you have authority to do all this. Jesus wasn't an official teacher in the temple. He wasn't an official. He wasn't a member of the Sanhedrin. He wasn't a, a, a Pharisee. He wasn't he wasn't spoke. Jesus just bust in and start going off. The religious leaders come on down. Come on down. Go on down to verse 23. Bible says Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests. Now, these were the ones who were on the docket. These were the ones who were on the program. These are the ones who were scheduled to be teaching and scheduled to be preaching. The Bible says the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. Look at what they asked. What authority are you doing these things? <laughs> I'm, some, of you all, some of you all had no idea how our Lord and Savior was. Some of you have no idea. You think Jesus was some little quiet, little scared, timid, talking in the kingdom. But Jesus was a stone radical. Jesus, Jesus was stone radical in his generation. They, Jesus was so radical in his generation that they hung him on a cross to try to get him off the scene. Jesus wasn't afraid of nobody. Jesus didn't care nothing about your little title, your little position. Only thing Jesus saw, are you doing this thing right or are you doing this thing wrong? Jesus, man, Jesus would say stuff right in the face of the religious leaders. And, 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 and his disciples would come to him privately. They'd be like, Master, the uh, Pharisees were offended when you said that. Jesus was like, I don't care. Jesus was something else. Some of y'all out there, you got you, your picture of Jesus is, is twisted. Your picture, your picture. Jesus, the, 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 uh, the religious authorities, Jesus busts right in to the temple, not on the schedule, not on the, not on the menu, not on the docket, busts right in. Somebody else about to be preaching or teaching whatever. Jesus busts in and start teaching. And everybody start listening to Jesus. Why? The Bible, watch this now. The, the chief priests, these same chief priests on one occasion, they sent officers temple guards to arrest Jesus because Jesus was doing so much. Jesus was, was so many people wanted to hear Jesus and wanted to listen to Jesus. The chief priests or those who were scheduled to be handling things, they sent temple officers to arrest Jesus. They went, the temple officers went and started listening to Jesus, couldn't even arrest him. Went back to the chief priest. The chief priest was like, didn't we send you to arrest Jesus? Where's Jesus? What's going on? The temple officers told him, said, look, we have never heard anyone speak like this man. 
They didn't even arrest him. We have never heard anyone speak like this man. He teaches like one who has authority. See, priests want to know, what, what is, they, they be like, what authority? Are you doing these things? Jesus, how you just, how you just bust in like this? Can you imagine me just go, go to uh, T.D. Jake's church and just bust in? But Bishop's supposed to be preaching. I just bust in, snatch the mic, and start teaching in the back. And everybody turn around. Or go down to Creflo Dollar Church, just bust in, kick the door in, bust in, and just start teaching. Why he's supposed to be teaching? I just bust in. Some of y'all be like, what is wrong with Apostle Bryant? Well, that's the kind of stuff Jesus would do. <laughs> some, some of you all on the sound of my voice, I, I want you to pray and, and ask God. Say, Father, show me your son, Jesus. Show me, get, show me your son, Jesus Christ. Because when God shows you and begins to show you his son, Jesus Christ, he will, be, he will also begin to show you the surpassingly great power that is inside of you, child of God. Some of you all understand my voice. You're timid. God said you got no business being timid. You're scared. You got no business scared. You're fearful. You got no business fearful. The spirit that God has placed within. Listen, the Bible says that God is a mighty warrior. Hmm? Children of God, is, is that right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. God is a mighty warrior. Well, what do you think God filled you with when He filled you with Himself? What in the world do you think He fit? that you are a mighty warrior, child of God? Don't let nobody fool you. Now, what you need to do is get the knowledge. That's why the early apostles would preach and teach and the people would gather and listen to them every day. Because what the early apostles would do was help introduce you to the mighty warrior that God has already placed within you. All the anointing you ever going to have, child of God, is already in you. All the power that you, already, that you ever going to have is already in you. All of the authority that you ever going is already in you. God just wants to see you bring it out. When God filled you, when he saved you, he filled you with his Holy Spirit. He gave you everything you need. Now, if you're going to be too lazy to find out about it, or you're not going to check in it, or you're not going to, then that's, that's, see, that's you. That's you. But God knows that he has given us everything this we need to live a victorious to live a a a a, a, a power filled to live an abundant life right here in this earth cuz god filled you and i with himself there's no more holy spirit coming in you child of god or in me than is already in me it's not a matter of us needing more holy spirit cuz we got plenty it's more of us finding out about it okay all right watch this now Watch this now. Um, Lord is flashing this to my spirit now. Years ago, I had when, you know, during the supposedly gas shortage, and that's always been a lie. Ain't never been no gas shortage. We just had a bunch of greedy jokers that wanted to make a lot of money off of off of fuel prices. Never been a gas shortage. Don't don't let them tell you that. You got oceans of of crude oil flowing under the earth, just like you got oceans on top of the earth of water. You got oceans of crude oil. So never no shortage. I came back from, I think, uh, Nigeria, maybe about seven, eight, nine years ago, right in the midst of the so-called shortage, and uh, touched down in Atlanta. And the price of gas was nearly $5 a gallon. I was like, what kind of, what is, what is this now? Which kind of foolishness is this? Nearly $5 a gallon for gasoline. 
Now, uh, I was like, wow. Now, you notice our prices have dropped for gasoline here in the United States. You know, I think I've seen some places where it had gotten back down into the $1, $1.90, $1.80. And I thought at one point, I thought we would never see $1 or dollar anything gas again. Well, supposedly what had happened, there had been uh, a bunch of fuel and some new techniques that, that have been incorporated where they have found crude oil right here in the United States, right offshore, not, not far offshore. And they've got fracking and some other techniques that they are using to, to get to crude oil. But in other words, we had it right here all the while. We just didn't know about it. We just couldn't get to it. You say, Apostle, what's the parable? Well, so it is. That's what it is when it comes down to the Holy Spirit. See, some of you all under the sound of my voice, you're going to be preaching one day. Well, that, the, 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 the potential was already in you. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you're not pastoring now. You're going to be pastoring one day. Well, as a child of God, the potential is already in you. Just like that crude oil, it was always here, right? Right? Well, when we were paying top dollar from OPEC and top dollar from countries around the world, and I've been to some of these countries that were making huge, huge money, especially off of the United States. Dubai right today is such one of the most beautiful countries in the world. A lot of the money that was used, because it was desert, to build it up came from sale of crude oil. They made all kinds of money. Beautiful, beautiful place now from the sale of crude oil. A lot of it was being purchased from us. Well, now that we don't need to spend, we don't need to buy as much from OPEC and some of these other oil producing nations and countries we, because we, we have found it right here in our country, especially Nigeria. Now, I think about Nigeria because it used to be the third leading producer of crude oil to us here in the United States. Nigeria is suffering right today. Why? One of the main reasons is, is here in the United States, we're not buying from them anymore. And their economy was greatly dependent upon U.S. purchasing crude oil from them. The point is this, children of God, the same way our country had the crude oil right here all the while, now we're just getting to it. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you got the power, you got the authority, you got the anointing, you got the gift of the Spirit in you right now. You just need to get to it. You just need to get to it. They wanted to know what authority, Jesus, do you have, Matthew 21 and 23? Well, by what authority are you doing these things, they asked. And who gave you this authority? The Bible says in verse 24, Jesus answered. I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I'll tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. He said, John's baptism. Now, everybody knew John, John the Baptist. They said, uh, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or from men? <laughs> Jesus was up there. See, Jesus knew these characters was all tricky and trying to trap him and trying to get Jesus. Said, Let me ask you a question. You answer my question, I'll answer yours. Where did John's where did John's where did John's uh, uh, baptisms? Where did it come from? Was it from heaven or from men? Now, these religious leaders they were they were they were much like a lot of these religious leaders today. Mm, yeah, yeah. Some of you all you you you, you worship in their churches, that, but that's that's your business. Do where the Lord leads you. Because that's what we all got to do. These religious leaders, they were more interested in pleasing the people 
than pleasing God. My encouragement to you under the sound of my voice, man or woman of God, don't you worry about pleasing the people. You please God and let God and let God in, in people's lives please people. You please God. You say what God tells you to say. You do what God tells you. Don't worry about trying to please no people. See? These religious leaders, look at what the Bible says. They discussed it among themselves. They didn't want to just give a straight answer. They, was, uh, they wanted to say, if we say that it was from heaven, he will ask, then why don't you believe him? But if we say from men, we are, look at it, we are afraid of the people, for they are a whole that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. They lied. They lied. It wasn't that they didn't know. They didn't want to give in. They, they, they felt like they were trapped. They didn't want to. They didn't want to tell what they really felt, because they worried about the people, and they didn't want to say. Mm -hmm. Now watch this. Then Jesus said to them, "Neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. Since you want to play high and go seek, then Jesus said, all right, then let me let me play too. I ain't telling you." Since you don't want to be straightforward, you don't want to be honest, you don't want to, you don't want to be then then let me play the same game. Let me play the same game you playing. Neither will I tell you. Now Jesus didn't say he didn't know, because that would have been a lie, just like they knew. They were lying. Jesus had said, well, neither will I tell you. Jesus said, Look, it, it's not that you don't know where John got these things. It's just that you don't want to tell. That brings us on down, children of God. Kingdom of God can be taken. Now, Jesus went on to begin telling parables to the people. He talked about, you know, especially to these religious leaders because they were rejecting him and they were coming against his, coming against his ministry and coming against what God. And Jesus said, look, the stone that the build, verse 42, the stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone. Some of you all going to find that out. A lot of you going to, God says a lot of them. That the very thing you rejecting is the very thing that you needed most in this life. Jesus said, look, the stone the builders rejected, that means the stone the builders didn't even want, has become the capstone or the chief cornerstone in some translation. In other words, the most important stone. A lot of you all out there under the sound of my voice, the very thing you rejecting, trying to away from and trying to trying to come up with something else to do rather than then, then be up under the word, all kind of stuff. I, I see a lot of you running around like just like children, trying to do everything else other than your homework or do everything else other than what, you, what you're supposed to do. Jesus said that the stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone. It's become the capstone. Meaning that the very thing that y'all tried to get rid of, the very thing you tried to, to, to do away with, the very thing you didn't want nothing to do with, you're going to find out at the end of the day that that was, that was the most important stone, the most important thing in your life. The very thing some of you trying to run away from, trying to stay just as far away from as you probably it's all right. Hey, listen, I, 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 I don't hate you. It's all right, but you just need to know that the, how you treat the kingdom is eventually how you will be treated. You want to run real, real hard away from God, there's going to come a day when God going to send you real, real hard away from him. Keep on. Why are you going to keep on? Do your thing. 
don't want to hear no word, don't want to be in worship, got something better to do, got some place better to go, don't want to give to the work of God, don't want to go, listen, carry on. Let's see how it turns out for you. The stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that you don't, that you don't continue to reject that which is really most important. Therefore, the Lord and then Jesus went on to say, look, the Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. In other words, that stuff will be that that, that you have rejected, that that you didn't want to do right with, it's going to be taken from you and given to a people that will do right with it. That will be taken from you and be given to a people that will appreciate it. That that we are not thankful for and appreciative of and that that we don't want to treat right and, and use like God wants, it's going to be taken. Kingdom of God is no exception. Esteem the kingdom of God. Listen out there on the sound of my voice. You don't get you don't get but one one crack at this life. We don't get but one crack at this life. We don't get but one crack at at living this life in a way that is that is pleasing in the eyesight of God. We don't get but one crack. We don't want to throw out capstone, the most important stone. We don't want to reject the capstone. We don't want to live this life and have rejected, you know, or tried to find something more important or than 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 God's word, than God's will, than God's. Uh-uh. Because remember, it can be taken. The kingdom can be taken. And given to somebody that will produce his fruit. Given to somebody that will see the value of it. See, if you don't see the value of the kingdom of God, God said, no problem. I'll take it and give it to somebody to do. This is why This is why many of us years ago, remember we were, they, we were all upset about the blood diamonds? Some of you older saints out there. You know, different different countries, South Africa, some of the West African nations, they got our, our, our African brothers and sisters working basically like slaves, standing in waist-deep water, you know, 10, 15 hours a day fishing around for, for diamonds and paying these people pennies and then taking the diamonds away and selling them for, for thousands of dollars in Europe and selling them for thousands of dollars in, 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 in developed nations. We were all upset. Oh, blood diamonds, mistreated. Well, what, what, what was going on? You know, individuals right there, you know, a lot of them couldn't see the, the, the value in, in what they had right there. So they were taken to somebody that did. A tragic thing is that, that many individuals were, uh, you know, misused and abused and, and, and forced to work much like slaves to get them. But if we don't value, if we don't see value in a thing, God's got some people that do. Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. 
you know. They weren't trying to hear what Jesus had to say. No problem. Jesus left and went to some people that did. Because the kingdom can be taken. And the kingdom will be taken to those who will appreciate it, to those who will treat it right. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that you'll treat the kingdom right. Because the kingdom is going to treat you right. Therefore, kingdom of God will be taken from you, given to a people who will produce its fruit. He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parable, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they, again, afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. May the kingdom not have to be taken from us, children of God, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Let us treat it with respect. Let us honor it. Let us esteem it. Let us do all we can in, with the little time that God has given us in this life to promote it, to, to push it forward. To Let us do all we can so that God doesn't have to look at us and say, mm, take that from him. What you do? What you going to do with your teenage son? You've been letting him drive the car or you done gave him a brand new car and that joker out drag racing, joker out dri- driving crazy, driving drunk, different things. What you going to do? You can come back and say, look, give me the keys to that car, boy. Now he acting like a fool. Give me the keys. You don't get to drive no more. Well, well, why, why would we be shocked that God would take the kingdom from us as the most precious thing that he has created? And we don't want to treat it right. We want to act like a fool. We want to we want to minimize it. Don't take it seriously. Don't want to support it. Why do you think God will let you keep right on? Keep right on with it. Remember. It can be taken. The Lord bless you, children of God. Having continued to smile on you, those of you that want to contribute to this ministry, go uh, to PayPal, type in Apostle Bryant 2000 at yahoo.com, and your gift will be appreciated, and God will continue to bless you. Amen and amen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.